Welcome to eAssist Growing Your Dental Business Podcast. Tune in as the experts in dental business share tips and tools to grow your practice. To learn more, visit dentalbilling.com. Please welcome our next guest. Hello, everyone. Thank you for being here on our Growing Your Dental Business podcast, where we will be talking about IV sedation in the dental practice today. I would love to welcome Dr. William J. Moorhead, who practices full-time in Flemingsburg, Kentucky, and he is the co-founder of IV Sedation Training for Dentists, LLC, as well as the founder and owner of Stream Dent Software. Dr. Moorhead speaks across the nation on topics related to system management, clinical efficiency, dental technology, medical emergencies, treating anxious patients, as well as leadership. One thing that is dear to his heart is helping dentists incorporate IV sedation into their practice, which helps, a, which really offers a tremendous growth opportunity, not only for the dentist itself, but also to help build the patient base, right? And, and also to offer a better patient experience for those patients in general. Welcome, Dr. Moorhead. It's loved, I love having you here today. Thank you, Jacqueline. It's a delight to be here. Oh, good, good, good. So one thing I know about you is that sometimes you've been referred to as Dr. Checklist. What is that all about? I've done sedation now for 23 years, and I certified in IV sedation in 2009. And I had an incident three months after I started doing IV sedation. Even the, and I at that stage I'd had nine years experience in sedation, but uh, I had a patient on a Monday morning. I can remember it like it was last week. Uh, I had met him a week before. Dear man, he was named Joe. Uh, he came in with a toothache and swollen. Doc, you gotta help me. And the only reason he was really there was because his wife made him come, even though he was swollen, and he had not been to a dentist for ten to twelve years maybe. Mm -hmm. um, but I had to take seven or eight teeth out. Uh, he was 70 years old, and even though it was an easy health history, uh, he and he followed all the instructions, too. Uh, we brought him in that following Monday morning to do the sedation, and uh, vital signs were ideal. Every instruction we had given him, he had done perfectly. Had his escort there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, when we sedate older patients, and we mostly use benzodiazepines, Versed, you've heard of, uh, midazolam. And we're taught with older patients to go low and go slow. They're more susceptible to benzodiazepines. And I knew this, and I uh, didn't give him a two milligram testose. I gave him one milligram. I didn't wait one minute to see how he would react. I waited two. And as I'm sitting there watching him and I'm listening to the pulse oximeter, and you know that the pulse oximeter has a tone in it, those lower the the if it's if the breathing's slowing down. And so I hear that happening and I just reflex, tip his head back like you're taught in basic life support, and I reach for the oxygen. And I turned on the oxygen and it was dead. And I was not happy. In fact, it was kind of unnerving. Uh, we wear radios in the office. I got on the radio, I said, somebody didn't turn the oxygen on, get it on now. And what seemed like an eternity, eternity, it was seemed like five minutes. It was probably 40, 45 seconds. They come back on the radio and they say, doctor, all the tanks are empty. 
long story short, so were the emergency tanks. Uh, what had happened is they had inventoried it on Friday before, ordered oxygen. They had a whole half tank of a big, huge uh, E tank of oxygen. Um, there was enough for two weeks, but they left it on and somebody had left on the oxygen in the operatory as well. So it drained it. Long story short, I was able to give a reversal agent and save the, save the situation, but I panicked. You never panic during an emergency. I, I wasn't properly prepared. Mm -hmm. And I was able to keep the appointment. The patient was fine, but that was a wake-up call. And I researched and got into what aviation does with the way, I mean, you wouldn't get on a plane unless you knew that the pilot and the co-pilot ran their safety checklist. But mm -hmm. dentists run their offices all the time without any checklists, standard operating procedures. Medicine adopted them in like 0507, a guy named Atul Gawande wrote a book called The Checklist Manifesto. Uh, and so I started researching these concepts and incorporating them. I made a software product called StreamDent that is a, a online cloud-based uh, customizable checklist for running a dental office. But the chief motivator for Dr. Checklist was that emergency. So it changed my life and fortunately it changed my life for the better because I discovered a whole lot better way to run an office, a lot more calm, a lot more um, efficient, a uh, lot more profitable because we don't sit and wait for mistakes to happen and have to react. And like I would typically wait three or four times during a procedure for somebody to run to sterilization and get something. That doesn't happen anymore. But on point with the IV sedation, using standard operating procedures and timeouts makes a procedure pretty goof-proof. If you run the checklist and the timeouts, you've got to have your training, of course, but that's how I got into checklists. You know, that's quite a story. I feel like... You know, we all learn from experiences in our life. And I feel like, like you said, that was a life-changing moment for you. And it really made a difference in your practice. And not only just your practice, but you now are helping all these other dentists incorporate IV sedation into their, den into their dentistry so that they can have that same peaceful, calm feeling that you now have instead of that panic moment if something is going wrong it sounds like you take them through all the checks and balances to make sure everything is on task i do and because i've developed all these systems to be able to safely do iv sedation uh, myself and my business partner uh, dr darren greenwell that teach the iv program in kentucky uh, we teach a very practical approach we are both practicing dentists and so we're required to teach 60 hours of didactic training to learn moderate IV sedation. That's the guideline that the American Dental Association has set, and that's the guideline that almost all states accept. But we take a very practical approach to where we want to do it recipe style so that if you have an emergency, you've got a place to go and know exactly how to do it. Example, um, in an emergency, uh, I have and I teach uh, my students, and I give them the resources where they just got to print them off and, and label them. Every emergency drug in the emergency cart or uh, package has a label on it that has the drug name, what it's for, and exactly how you give it. And in that little Ziploc bag is also the syringe 
in the needle that you need. Uh, so the doctor's got to know enough to know that if the heartbeat goes below 50 and they're having symptoms, it's atropine to use, but then you grab the atropine and you're good to go. And then I give them a website that's free. In fact, it's uh, streamdent.net. Uh, that is my cloud-based software. I've got a button at the bottom that you don't have to even log in and you can click here for any emergency in a dental office. And if you don't know what's happening, if the heart rate goes too low, you click there and, and recipe style, you see what to do quickly. So no. I, we take a very practical approach. That's nice. It's good to know all of that before you get in that emergency situation, but it's nice to have you as a resource in case they don't know for sure what to do. So Emergencies happen so rarely if you do the proper assessment, you know the patient and you know what is safe to do, yeah. but you've got to go through the training to be able to do so. Yeah. So what, so let's talk about, so what are the percentages of dentists that administer IV sedation? Of GPs, far less than 1%. All oral surgeons do, most periodontists do. A lot of pediatric dentists do, or they have a an anesthesiologist or a nurse anesthetist come in, or they do it in the hospital. But in, of GPs, less than one percent. So it's a tremendous practice building ability, uh, and it's the single biggest thing that a practice can do to grow their practice. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, you know, most patients. I mean, there's, you hear about this all the time, right? Anxiety, patients are fearful, they have anxiety, they don't want to go to the dentist, just like the poor guy that you worked on that was 70 years old, hadn't been to a dentist for 10 to 12 years. And that's, sometimes that's common with patients who are fearful and have anxiety about. May I make a confession? Sure. I'm one of those patients. That's part oh. of why I do this. Uh, in, in any medical setting, I'm anxious. Uh, they need to do my annual physical and have blood drawn. I have them lay me down so they don't have to pick me up. See, it's common. I just feel like anything medical, that's exactly kind of how my husband is too. He doesn't do well with medical. So I think the statistic that the ADA teaches is that 23% of patients are phobic of the dentist and it gets around a third that are, are fearful. So if you will do the training to cater to this group, like I said, tremendous practice builder. Yeah, so it sounds like you focus a lot on the general dentist. Is that accurate? That would be accurate, yes. Okay, and so the goal here is just- Mo most, uh, most others have already studied it in the residency, the specialists. Okay, so the general dentist, and, and it, like you say, it's rare. It's rare for a general dentist to learn how to do this, but this is one of the things that can set them apart as a general dentist. That is absolutely correct. Okay, great. So isn't so let's talk about what is involved in learning IV sedation. Like you've talked a little bit about it as far as on your side when you teach, but is it it sounds like 60 hours of work. Tell me what else. 60 hours of didactic training. Okay, training. Uh, we do the didactics uh, online live. So the instructors get on, uh, let's put it this way. It's the 32 of our 60 hours we do online on a Friday and Saturday, two weekends. Uh, okay. We polled dentists 
and found out that they like the idea of not having to make the trips over and over to do the training, but they would like immediate feedback. They like the classroom setting rather than uh, having to devote the time on your own to do an online course. Sure. If you've got if you've got to do the online course on your own, you tend to put it off. So if you have the classroom setting, uh, you've got the uh, positive ability to, to set aside the time, number one, but you've got the immediate feedback of the instructors. Then after 60 hours, so 32 of our 60 hours is online, but of the 60 hours, uh, you have to know how to assess a patient, uh, the complex health histories, the polypharmacy that we get in nowadays. You've got to know the drugs. You've got to know the IV techniques. Uh, we include, in addition to our 60 hours, ACLS, because virtually all programs in the U.S., if you are uh, certified to do moderate IV sedation, you have to maintain advanced cardiac life support. So we just include that as part. And then, of course, you've got to learn venipuncture. Um, then you have to have, in almost all states, 20 clinical experiences where you've worked on 20 live patients. Okay. Some programs, they have you watch. You don't learn by watching. You don't learn by watching somebody else start an IV. You learn by doing. And so uh, we're supervising the doctors as they're doing at least 25 live patients each. So is the doctor themselves administering the IV sedation as well as doing the dental work? Like, or is it one more thing to add to their plate or how do, do they bring in their team members to help with that? What is, what is the protocol on that? We don't require, but we encourage them to bring team members in so that when they start doing IV sedation in their practice, they're not the only one. They've got their uh, dental assistants up to speed already as well. It makes the transition a lot easier. That would make sense. I was thinking that exact thing. So let's talk about patients. There's a lot of patients. We've talked about like fear and anxiety, but there's a lot more patients out there that don't aren't just fearful and don't have just have anxiety. What other types of patients prefer IV sedation? Besides anxiety and phobia, two other really good populations are, well, three others, let's put it that way. Uh, patients that have bad gag reflexes. It's just a slam dunk for a gag reflex. It, it, it just overcomes them. It just melts away. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about the difference between a physiologic and a psychological gag reflex because the big advantage to moderate sedation is if there is something that goes down the throat with moderate level of IV sedation, the patient still has that safety gag reflex present. But if they're just gag prone, if you barely touch the tongue kind of thing, that's what melts away. For special needs adult patients, uh, and IV techniques, by the way, uh, that we teach are for age 13 and over. For pediatrics, the safety curve is much more narrow and guidelines are different for that. You need a residency to know how to do someone 12 and under that's before puberty. But uh, the phobic patients, the gagging patients, the special needs adults and teens. And then there's another group. I'm just busy. I don't have time to come in off for all these appointments. Can we just get it all done in one appointment? Yeah. That's another big advantage to doing sedation. Nice, nice. And nice. Let, let me speak to, there's still a technique that's used a lot and some states still allow it 
to use oral conscious sedation. And I did it from 2000 to 2009. Uh, most states have shifted now with the ADA guidelines. Uh, some have grandfathered, but uh, with oral conscious sedation, uh, to do it in most states now, you have to have a course that has the 60 hours didactic training plus 20 live patients. And again, a few states have grandfathered in the ones that have experience. But for the ones that do oral conscious sedation, and I did it, so I know comparisons, the IV sedation is so much predict more predictable. Uh, I would, when I was doing oral conscious sedation, I would give a pill. Uh, dissolve it under the tongue, wait 20 minutes. They weren't sleepy enough. Give another one, give another one. You might start two hours late. Yeah. IV sedation, you're able to give those medications three and four minutes apart and see almost immediately how the patient's reacting. And there's a lot better safety curve with IV sedation because if something does go wrong, you've got immediate IV access to be able to correct it. That's that's great information right there. I feel like any dentist would want to keep their, you know, keep their schedule on schedule and just keep their day flowing. And that would be a great reason to learn IV sedation, I would think. So, I mean, there's lots of reasons we talked about, you know, the production and, you know, patient satisfaction, those kind of things. But I feel like just keeping your schedule on task is a huge one. Exactly. So, so. One thing that you have done, Dr. Moorhead, is you not only became a dentist, but you've kind of stepped out that realm to help other dentists. And so what is it that motivates you to keep helping dentists? I have been so blessed over my career to have mentors that were willing to give back to dentistry that helped me. Uh, and now I'm in the position where I can do the same thing. And it's so very rewarding. That, so that's number one. But number two, when you teach it, you really learn it well. Sure, that's true. You always learn more as a teacher, don't you? Yes. Yeah, I agree. So is there anything else that you would like to add or share before we talk about the best way to get a hold of you or how Dennis can just, you know, take advantage of your courses? Uh, there are a number of moderate IV sedation programs across the country, and all of them are excellent. Uh, our unique niche is the practicality standpoint, uh, where it's two practicing dentists instead of uh, dentists that are in academics. Uh, we're also a newer program, so we have more positions available uh, at this stage, which I'm, I'm glad to say. Um, and if anybody's interested, this is uh, being uh, recorded in August of 23. Uh, we are starting a course. Uh, the online portion is September 8 and 9 for the first weekend. Uh, and uh, if it's okay, Jacqueline, I can even give a code that uh, gives a $500 discount for the course. Sure. Give us that code. That'd be great. Uh, the First of all, the uh, website for our program uh, is up in the corner, ivsedationtrainingfordentists.com. Uh, so just leave off the LLC and, and at tacon.com. Uh, but the $500 off uh, code is 500 OFF, all caps, 2023, 500 off 2023, all caps, no spaces. Nice. So they just need to go to your website and use the promo code and they'll get that $500 discount. Yes. There's also information on the website so they can contact me. There's a few states 
that require the program to be affiliated with a dental school, for instance, Florida. Uh, we don't have that accreditation yet, so we cannot offer that. Uh, but most states uh, are accepting uh, what we're doing because it falls in exactly with their guidelines. That's that's nice that you shared that. Yeah, it is a state thing, isn't it? For well, sure. Thank you. And, and, and most Canadian provinces even, by the way. It was, what was that? Say that again. Even most Canadian provinces will accept our training. Oh, awesome. That's wonderful. I love that. Yeah. It's almost like that line between Canada and the U.S. isn't really a thing anymore. We just kind of are all grouped together, I feel like, a lot of times. So that's, nice that's, thing. Yes. that's great. So one thing I've learned today is that IV sedation is super valuable, especially while I'm thinking of here in Utah, there's a dentist on every corner, probably a dental a general dentist on every corner. And I feel like if you bring in IV sedation, that's going to be one thing that really does set you apart from other you're going people. to make You're going to make your practice stand out as a leader in the community. That's for sure. I love it. I love it. Well, I feel like I've known you for a long time, BJ, and I know that you're musical because I know that you've seen, sang to me on my birthday before. So I just wanted to share that. You have a lot of gifts, not just dentistry. I, I'm very blessed and have a lot of fun. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you everyone for joining us today. We will see you next time. And I hope you learned something about IV sedation today. Thanks, Jacqueline. It's been great. You're welcome. The purpose of this podcast is to interview the consultants within our eAssist consultant network. This podcast is for informational purposes only. For more details, please visit the homepage of this podcast platform at dentalbilling.com. Thanks for listening.